Hello and welcome guys. This is episode number five of the GP Nutrition Podcast. Um, we have back-to-back guests. We have another guest on today. Um, we have an experienced PT, 10 years experience, over 10 years experience in the PT world. Um, obviously in that 10 years changed many a life for the better. Uh, very sustainable approach, very similar views to me as it comes to nutrition, mindset, uh, exercise. Um, not only that, he's now the manager, the top dog at Energy Fitness in Colchester. Obviously, being top dog firsthand, he has seen the effects of COVID on the business, on the fitness industry as a whole, and on people's lives, uh, mentally, physically, people not being able to go to the gym, people now training at home. He's been in contact with these people. Um, we bring to you the wonderful Gary from Gary B Fits. Welcome, Gary. Thank you very much. What a lovely intro. Uh, you know, I like to build this up. Superstar entrance for a superstar, right? Exactly right, mate. I feel we're starting a bit high. Well, <laughs> that's the peak. Yeah, the premise is build them up two, three minutes in, and then it'll just get downhill from here, right? Yeah, pretty it'll just much. Click off and just like, oh, well. Um, first things first, before we get into topic, before we get into subjects, we're going to go in for the big, deep questions. Question number one being if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Well, I had an answer for this, um, but your last guest um, answered with the same one. So I don't want to be boring. Obviously. So I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to go with something else. So I would like to read people's minds. Nice. Yeah. Imagine what you might hear, though. There, there is that aspect to it, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm quite intrigued. I think it'd be quite interesting to actually. Uh, yeah, know what makes people tick. And, you know, being serious from a coach's point of view, quite often yeah. when we're struggling with a client, it's because there's that kind of mental block. So, yeah, it would be quite cool to just know what's going on. Just to know what they're thinking would be quite nice. Yeah. Especially if like, this guy's an idiot. Not that I get that often. No. Nah. Oh. Um, so obviously today, slightly in the intro, we kind of touched on it. Um, I want to kind of talk about not so much business point of view, but for maybe from a psychological point of view for other people, uh, how the gym closures may be affecting them and what we can be doing like while the gyms are shut because, you know, just because the gym is shut, it's not great for a lot of people. And I know there's safety concerns when training early in the morning because it's dark or late at night because it's dark. So if you've got your nine to five anyway, training outside in the dark might not be everybody's cup of tea but what we could maybe be doing at home you know general stuff throughout the day stuff like that basically just good good tips and points uh, we might touch on should gyms be open or not because let's make it a little bit more controversial because <laughs> yeah there's stuff like that so what we'll, what we'll lead with is once gyms reopen how can they help people with COVID or recovering from COVID? Obviously, we don't want COVID people in the gym, but once you've recovered from COVID or recovered to a point, how can gyms help with you? Uh, you know, you're, say you've got, living now, you've got COVID. How can a gym help you once you're symptom-free? I think um, it's probably two ways of looking at it. There's the mental side and the physical side of it. I think physically... Obviously, the, the better shape we are in, uh, the better our body functions. In general, that's good for our immune system, um, which I think is a really big positive. The more we use in our heart, the more we use in our lungs, the stronger they get. 
obviously COVID being quite respiratory yeah. um, problems, if we can make our lungs strong, I think that's a really positive thing. Um, and I think mentally, I think there, there's a power in doing something. Yeah. I, I, I say a lot of the time to people I train, it's, you know, it doesn't matter necessarily what it is, but do something. You know, it's yeah. being active. Some Sometimes I think people have the wrong idea of being active is they have to do this crazy workout and they have to be throwing around dumbbells or doing, you know, 200 burpees. But um, sometimes it is just literally moving, you know. Yeah, I've listened to a couple of case studies with some new training and um, a lady a lady was on there, she, she was going from, like you say, the typical I'm doing burpees, hit classes, boot camps and stuff like that. She's gone from there to being, you know, walking around the street for 10 minutes. But she has to, she understands from the case study, she's coming to the other end of that, but she understands that... Um, that 10 minutes is going to be vital. So it doesn't have to be what she was doing. It's about building strength back up again and doing something is obviously going to help that. Yeah, yeah, like I say it's it's the preconception of, oh, if I work out, I must I must train for an hour. I must push my body to the absolute limit. Um, and I think the more we can kind of change that point of view, um, the better health people will have, especially coming back to a gym is that, Walking into a gym is a scary thing anyway, if, if yeah. it's not your normal environment. Um, and if you're walking into a gym and that's scary, and then you're thinking, God, I now have to do X. You know, Keep up with these off. people who have probably been there for years. But mm. And again, from like those people's point of view, the people who have been there for years, once you kind of come back, even if you haven't had a symptom, you, you, you know, you've spent... I mean, we had to close with Boxing Day, wasn't it? So you're going to have at least two, three months of not class activity. I mean, I know when we came back um, after November lockdown, so we had that month. I know yeah. a few members said to me, it was like, my God, I mean, I was doing stuff at home, but this is now a different level. You've taken it up again. So I think maybe us as trainers have a responsibility to remember this is going to be a few months where people haven't been pushed as hard as, you know, they were previously. And we... Yeah, take that nice and easy for them, or easier. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's you always have to treat someone as an individual, and some people will kind of get back on the horse and throw themselves into it, and that's again, that's absolutely fine. But yeah, I think everyone's different. So as a coach, you have to kind of gauge where someone is through you know good communication, reading people's minds. Nice, which, which would be great. Um, but yeah, you know, and teach that person. Uh, just use them as an individual, you know, um, everyone is different. I think there's not, especially as coaches, we know there's not like a cookie car program and it should, should never be. It should always be based on the individual. Which yeah, is definitely. definitely. Um, so with that kind of in mind, um, we know, I don't think I'm going to say anything out of the blue here. We know that COVID kind of attacks the lungs, reproduces cells in the lungs it then um, moves aside, so, when you, so your immune system attacks that, it's busy dealing with that, and that's where the other infections, that's where the other problems then come in. So COVID kind of lowers your body's guard, and then comes back in. We know once you're symptom-free, that can have long-term effects of lung, what happens to your lungs, your nervous system, but in order to kind of fight that, we know some exercise can help in the recovery and it can help long-term recovery as well. 
So with that kind of basis that we kind of know that, um, should gyms be shut at all? Or could should they be open maybe to a limited service? Could we not be supporting the NHS in a way by leaving a gym or two or, you know, every gym in the area and NHS could then send post-COVID patients to the gym to enable some rehabilitation? Could that, I mean, thoughts, views? Yeah, so I think when we reopened after the first lockdown, there was quite strict um, things that we had to do and have in place, um, as all gyms did, um, which is absolutely fine. I think everyone was happy to do that. Um, Then obviously we closed, we reopened, and nothing really changed, I think, after the second time of what we could and couldn't do. so could gyms be open? I, I think they 100% could. I think a lot of thought would have to go into the restrictions they would put in place. Yeah, I mean, I know obviously nothing's going to happen while schools are shut. Schools being open is obviously going to be number one priority. But even if gyms could maybe open for people who have had COVID, as in a recovery phase, as in somewhere safe for someone to maybe just go for that five-minute walk, that 10-minute walk in an area, in an environment that's going to be safe at night. Because if you're working nine to five anyway and you need to improve some health, then as a safe measure, you could have an NHS referral to a gym and the gym could then be open for NHS referrals so you can go and just take that 10, 15, 20 minute walk, just that light exercise with a coach. Someone has some kind of qualification, some kind of experience, they've all got this level three experience. So to guide you and help you be better. So that NHS funded kind of scheme, or maybe not NHS, but government funded scheme like that maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like I say, I think by putting maybe stricter restrictions on the gyms, they, they could open quite safely. You could have less people in there you know you could yeah. limit it to certain equipment um you'd need a certain number of people obviously one to one wouldn't really work because cost wise you know but yeah certainly to help people start to recover um yeah. and, and again it like I say there's the mental health aspect as well you know people that are just struggling because they're stuck at home um, and a lot of people are working from home now so they're not even leaving you know yeah. they sit in their office then they sit on the sofa, eat the dinner, watch a bit of TV, go to bed, and, and that just repeats, repeats. So having another destination to go to, um, another face to speak to safely, um, yeah, it's, it is frustrating because I do feel, yeah, restrictions could be in place that would... They could be safety yeah. measures. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, this isn't like a dig at any other industry, obviously, but you can see, like, is it osteopaths and chiropractors can work in a safe way? I know there'll be a lot of people going, oh, you know, they're more important than a gym, but gym will help a lot more people than a chiropractor. But chiropractors are important, you know, quite well yourself. But, <laughs> but I, I believe, like you say, I think there's, there's an element of we need to be helping people out of COVID with mentally and the physical effects of COVID. I wish I'd saved some of the stats that I learned yesterday because <laughs> memory's rubbish. But, you know, there was something, I think for every, it was just a thing from July last year from America stats. And I think for every 
one person that dies of COVID, 50 people will have some kind of effect as well. So whether that be neurological, physical, um, memory, cognitive issues, um, yeah. permanent lung damage, and they don't know how permanent permanent will be, how reversible that could be, but there is some serious long-term effects to this if you've had COVID. It, it doesn't really affect, as we know, it doesn't matter if you're super fit or super unhealthy, it's going to affect you, or COVID can affect you. So this is deep stuff. Deep. Um, right, we'll take it. We'll take it a little less, little less deep now. We'll get off the COVID and gyms and stuff, and we'll go. Um, well, maybe it's not so much. Um, I've got it written down. Um, what would you be your opinion? Why it's the why? Maybe there's no answer, I guess. But why would you think personal training is seen as a luxury, whereas spending money on a takeaway is normal? It's a great question, and I think the honest answer is I kind of have this argument with myself as well sometimes. You know, um, me and my wife will sometimes want to buy something, and I'll be like, oh, it's a bit expensive. Mm. But, but we would 100% go down the pub and have a drink and have a meal and spend probably 30, 40 pounds without even thinking. Because yeah. I think it's a bit more established. It's a bit more of a common thing. You know, people who smoke probably have smoked for a good few years and they're doing this kind of again it's like um, a lot of things in our coaching is habitual there's this habit where they're spending this money on cigarettes yeah and it becomes like an every other day thing so they don't think of it as a necessity well yeah the smoking yeah. is not it is a necessity it's part of day-to-day -day life i suppose us with our kids is both from when we were children to now it's like netflix isn't like a luxury Netflix, Netflix is TV, right? YouTube is yeah. TV. It's not a luxury. It's not, whoa, I get to watch this now. It's like, this is just normal, right? Yeah. Gary and I pay for this stuff. It's normal, right? Everybody has yeah. this, yeah? Yeah. Um, it's um, And again, it's people see, I think, personal training, there is still a stigma. Um, you see that kind of big buff guy or girl who's literally shouting at you. Yeah, spit coming out their mouth, you know, and army style kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, 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 and they're making you throw up, and there's, there's that stigma to it as well. And a lot of people are like, well, why, why should I pay for for that? I mean, don't get me wrong, some people love that. Um, Again, absolutely individual, yeah. I guess. But yeah, I, I had a client once who said, if I pay you more, can I can I swear at you? And <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't have to pay more, but you know. Um, but that is just some people like that kind of strong push and some don't. But yeah, it, there is there is this weird stigma, or oh, it's too expensive. Um, but if you work out what you spend per week on, let's say other, other bits. air quotes luxuries. Yeah, I mean um, we've, as you know, yeah. we've got we've got Laura's boys with us, so we've got four in the household. We get my two over, and that's six. Um, unless, I mean, even with like a 50% Domino's voucher or wherever it may be, we're still, if we've got all six, we're still doing like 35, 40 pounds for one takeaway. Um, yeah. No, we'll be honest, we're, we're not having one takeaway a month. Naughty <laughs> else. <laughs> I'm right? having Gary. But yeah, we're, we're having maybe, we'll maybe on average have two a month. They're not always forty pound, but if the four of us have Chinese, I mean, you're spending 35 pounds on the Chinese. I mean, I mean, you're going to get a good personal trainer for 
40 pound a session, I mean, one session a month might not be ideal, but it's better than where there's two takeaways. You just knock off one takeaway and have one trainer just once a month. You know, there's plenty of other other ways online to justify the offset of that cost, I would assume. But yeah, uh, and I, I think also, as, as much as you pay for that single session, um, I know I do this, probably other coaches do, you, you get other support. You know, you, you probably get a workout plan and you get a bit of an idea on your nutrition and you'll probably get some motivational stuff yeah. through the, through that month. You know, it's not like you do that one session, it's now an and I'm not going to speak to you again for four weeks. You know, so um, as much as it seems a lot for that one hour, which, you know, it is, but I think you get a lot more around that as well, you know. Yeah, you break that down like that, that how much it costs or how much time a personal trainer would say, take in planning your session, um, how yep. much advice they're going to give you in that hour. I think there's a, there's a book, Mark Manson's, I think it was Mark Manson's Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And um, he talks about um, Picasso drawing, um, drawing some art on a napkin, throws it away. Or just before he throws it away, the woman says, can I buy that off you? And he was just like, I don't know, 10,000 or whatever. And she was just like, you've just jotted that down and you're just about to throw it away. You want to charge me 10,000 for it? And he was like, well, no, I've spent 50 years of my life to get to this point. Actually, I'm not sure how old Picasso was when he died, but he spent a big chunk of his life getting to that point where he was skilled enough to draw that. So it's not just one hour's worth of session you're having, it's a lifetime of experience to get you to a different point. And then now you write so many, you're going to hear, I mean, I'm terrible for it. Somebody somebody comes, has one session with me, they're they're now my best friend. Every time I see them in the gym, Oh, hey, buddy, how you doing? Oh, brilliant. Like, and I, and I, I really couldn't care. Well, I do it could. That's probably the wrong way of wording it. But I'd be like that regular client, one-time client, even people I don't know sometimes. So you're always going to get some kind of advice, right? Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, and that's a, I think that's the thing. It's ongoing. If you get the right coach, it's not limited to that one hour. Yeah. You get ongoing support, ongoing information. Um. And it's, I think that's the way it has to be now, you know. I don't think you can just do that hour and then cut out you. I think as coaches, we connect with people, you know, and the more time we spend, the more we connect. But when you connect with these people, you're more motivated to help them. Yeah, definitely. So obviously that kind of double-edged kind of thing, personal training seems a luxury, but, you know, takeaway is more normal. So then would that be, um, as a fitness industry as a whole, would that be our own fault? in the way we kind of advertise our service and the way it's luxury driven or you know like you were saying about the typical gym bro giving it gym bro stuff you know you're setting almost setting someone up to fail because that's not a six month procedure you don't go from January to July and be like not in great shape into the best shape of your life it's more of a long term thing yeah, I, I, I think there's the quick fix, isn't there? I think we, we all see on social media and magazines before and afters um, uh, a, a lady who's just given birth has lost her baby weight in four weeks, which is crazy. Um, so there's, there's sometimes there's this expectation of, well, this needs to happen straight away. It needs to happen like this person did it in 
four weeks. Why why hasn't happened with me? So I think there is that as well. And then the fear of that those quick results is cost. Where if I'm going to get a quick result, therefore it must cost more money. Um, but I think again, a good coach would. It's a long-term plan. You know, there's, there, there are quick fixes you can do, 100%. But are they good? Are they healthy? Are they sustainable? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely not. It's, get, it's getting, almost getting that plan after the quick fix. So quick fixes yeah. can work for some people, this like really over-restricted diet for a shorter amount of time so you lose the weight quicker. But you need a plan after that. It's all well and good losing a ton of weight really, really quickly. But what's your plan going to be post doing that? You have to know where your levels are, what your calorie intake may want to be, or what you're just going to do after. If you revert back to your norm, then, well, yeah. nothing changes, a, nothing changes, right? Yeah, and a lot of time with those, those say, low-calorie diets, that just becomes life for someone. Because mm. that's, all, that's all they've known. They're like, well, that worked really well, so I'm just going to keep doing that forever. So you've got yeah. these people that are consuming a thousand calories a day, which is like you know what a child consumes. Yeah, and you know, not been in our house, <laughs> and, and they're then fearful of deviating away from that. Yeah, it maybe hasn't been explained to that individual that look, this is going to be a short-term thing. I mean, I personally, I've never put someone on a thousand calories, but it, it's it's a short-term thing, and then we're going to build you up and you know get you eating confidently. Where you should be. Yeah, that's that kind that. of great mix between calories slash calorie counting to um, in I want to say initiative. It's not initiative. Intuitive eating. Intuitive, yep. Where you kind of you kind of know, but then you have to realise your brain is always going to try and trick you into that high calorie products. Um, so while we're talking calories, fat loss and mm. other such wonderful things as it's a nutrition podcast, we better get into it. Um, I think we might have already covered this, but we're going maybe a little bit more detail. Um, so what kind of, obviously, 10 years of experience, you must have seen a few of these, but um, what common mistakes have you seen when it comes to nutrition slash fat loss? I mean, have you done any yourself? Would be a interesting. I've done any myself. Um, I think as a coach, when you first become a coach, you make a lot of mistakes, which is fine. Because, you know, that's how we learn and that's how we, how we grow. Um, I think in my early days as a coach, my attitude was very much like, well, it worked for me. Yeah. So it's going to work for you. So making, you know, your clients do exactly what you did and expecting the same result. So that was, that was probably a big mistake. I think, I think people still do that now. I think oh. people don't necessarily compute. Definitely. Like I think we said earlier in the podcast, everyone's an individual, so you have to approach everybody as an individual. You can't just be like, well, this works for most people. So yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably take it back eight, nine months. I was very much like, you know, you have to track calories, right? You have to track. I mean, if you don't track calories, you're not going to lose weight. And it's just like, well, you don't have to. It's great to get some kind of knowledge and come sign a base. But if you know you need 1,500 calories a day, that puts you in a 500-calorie deficit. If you know that and then you know Domino's Pizza has 2,000 calories, for example, then you know that deficit is no longer if... So you, you at, least, at least then you know that you don't have to track everything all the time. But Yeah. And yeah, I've had clients that just flat out don't want to track calories. Yeah. It's not, not what I'm about, don't want to do it. And I'm like, 
initially, in my early, I was like, oh, how, how are we going to do this? Because, yeah. you know, you've got no concept of what a calorie is, you know, what a meal should be, et cetera, et cetera. So where, where's our starting point? So, yeah, it can be tough, but um, there's, there's always a way. Yeah, for everybody. No, a little bit of understanding, scan a couple of things, read a couple of packets, just get to know what's in what. Yeah. You know, if, if you're on 1500 and that dairy milk donut is like 300, 400 calories, mm. do you really want that? Is it, is it really worth it at the end of the day? It comes down to your bank balance as well. You know, if you've got £1,000 sitting in your bank and your savings and you know, the latest Apple Mac is more than that, but let's just say it's a thousand pounds. Do you really yeah. want that Apple? Do you really want the Apple Mac? Is it worth all your savings for that Apple Mac? New yeah. iPhone, should we say, because you can get one for a thousand. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I try and get people to think, what have they done and what are they about to do? And base their food choices around that a little bit, because then you're kind of linking it to activity a little bit. So you're like, oh, well, actually... It's been the weekend, it's, it's been raining all day, haven't really moved from the sofa, therefore I should consume probably a little bit less than normal. Yeah. Or if, oh, I went out for a walk and I went to the gym and then I had a run and been chasing around the kids all day, then, you know, you can allow yourself to eat a little bit more than normal because yeah. your activity level has been higher. So, you know, I try and get people to think kind of along those lines. Yeah, I mean, one one tactic, one little game I kind of suggested to people if they want to track calories is take take a number, daily number, times it by seven. Then you've got a weekly number, you've got a weekly target to hit, then just add that up each day. You know, Monday and Tuesday you decide you don't really want to eat that much, you don't feel that hungry, so you just don't eat so much. That kind of gives you more to play with for the next five days. You play the game over seven. Wednesday night, you may ring you up, do you want to come down the pub? You know, no, Boris said no. But <laughs> generally speaking, like post-lockdown, like you may ring you up, you can go down the pub, you have a couple of pints, you have a bag of nuts or, you know, whatever you choose to consume. Then um, you kind of, you can allow for that by having maybe a slightly restricted Thursday, Friday. It's about, you know, you don't have to be in a deficit every day, just more often. It's that consistency over time, I would assume. Yeah, and, and that's that's interesting. I, I think there is this. We have this um, Monday to Friday. We're on it, right? Yeah. We we have our work. We kind of eat fairly sensibly. We're, we're kind of creatures of repetition. So our, our evening meal will repeat week on week. We know kind of the situation. But sometimes with weekend, the doors are open. It's like, all right, let's go. What shall I What shall I do? Let's have a have a beer, have a glass of wine, have a donut, you know, and, and quite often the good work done Monday to Friday is just blown out the water and quite often with clients like, oh, I don't understand where it's going wrong. When yeah. you actually get into it, the Monday to Friday is absolutely fine, but the weekend they're maybe having two bottles of wine and, you know, a takeaway and on both days and it's just destroying any deficit they've created. Yeah, it kind of gets to maybe Saturday evening you have that takeaway and Sunday you're just like, I had, had that last night, I'll just do whatever today, start again Monday. So you, you, could, yeah. you could almost maybe just not track Monday through Friday, just track Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Just be mindful of what you're doing on the weekends and yeah. probably save yourself. Yeah, but I get it, it's hard, because obviously the weekend, we're kind of, we're in that process, oh, it's the weekend. You know, it's time off, it's time with the family, time with my friends, 
go out, get a takeaway. You yeah, know, you so. want to you want to be sociable, right? I mean, especially when everything kind of opens back up again, you want to be seeing people. You want to be going out for drinks and. Yeah. I saw the Isle of Wight when they, they reopened their pubs. It was just like, wow. Everybody's like, get me in here. Um, so kind of segueing off that, so what kind of, so we come out of lockdown and everything's kind of opened up again when it finally happens. So you, what, what would be a tip? What would be an idea? So you're not, so not to go crazy, but you know, you still want to go out with your mates. You still want to go out for an enjoyable meal. Where would you, what ideas, tips have you given in the past to kind of offset maybe where you could go over the board, over the top a little bit? How would you rein that back in a touch? Yeah, I think sometimes it's... So if you're going out for a meal, do you need to have... And I'm not the fun police, but do you need to have free courses? Mm. Are you more of a savoury or sweet person? If you're more of a sweet person, then maybe don't have to start up. Yeah. And just strain to your main and your dessert. You know, um, do you need to have an alcoholic drink? Says me. And um, love to drink. <laughs> but is it, is it necessary? If I'm doing this, do I also need to do this, this, and this? You know, so it's, it's trying yeah. to kind of pick the things you enjoy doing, but doing it still with a bit of common sense. Yeah, if, you, if you enjoy, if you enjoy, enjoy a gin and tonic, you know, go hit that slimline tonic. Diet yeah, lemonade. Exactly. You know, reducing calories straight away. Um, little something I've kind of done myself. Um, if we've gone out for dinner and don't don't overly restrict throughout the day. Because then you're just gonna be hungry when you turn up. As soon as you turn up, that waiter puts that bread bowl in front of you, you're like, like give me a start and give me a main, give me two desserts and I want a side of everything. Thank you very much. Because you just you're just ravenous almost. Great word. Happiness. Yeah, I tried, um, this is a long time ago, intermittent fasting. You skipped it, breakfast, right? Yes, yes, skipped breakfast, which a lot of people do anyway. But it's, you know, it's a legitimate thing. It works well for some people. Yeah. As a coach, I think it's our duty to try these things. Mm. And I tried it. And I was counting calories because I wanted to be fully aware of everything. And all it made me do was eat more at lunch. Yeah. Because in my head, I was like, well, I've skipped a meal. I haven't eaten anything, and it's now 12 o'clock. I'm just going to go nuts. So it, it kind of had the opposite effect. We're actually starting mm. to eat more. Like, say, for that ravenous, I was very aware yeah. I'd skipped a meal. Yeah, 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 you do. I mean, I know, like, personally speaking, like, during my normal work week, when I'm actually normally at work, um, I won't have breakfast, but that's just down to time. Yeah. So I'm up at six and I don't want to get up any earlier basically to make breakfast so I'll just skip that and wait till lunch but that's not easy especially like some of the foods and cooking and stuff like that it's like oh, yeah, bad idea I'm going good, I bet. I bet. bit of a plain coffee and I'm away uh, another little tactic little tip for you and for everybody mm. listening if you were to go out and for dinner and you were particularly hungry before it have something to eat before you go out for dinner just like half a chicken breast, a couple of boiled eggs, a small protein shake, just offset that hunger a little bit. So by the time you go out for, for dinner, you want to sit and enjoy that meal. So you actually enjoy the flavour, you take your time rather than... Yeah, chewing twice and swallowing. Exact Mondo. Yeah, and it's the same with um, keeping hydrated as well. I think if you're consistently drinking that water... Sipping, yeah. sipping, sipping, it slows everything down and um, does make you feel um, 
slightly more full, you know, yeah, I think definitely. that helps too, similar sort of thing. It's great for like awareness, keeping it up, that mind, body kind of, I'm ready for yeah. your day. You know, pick up the and water, that, we pick up the soda. Yeah, and, and just another one, if, if you are going to go out for a meal, do something nice, just try and offset it with a bit of activity. Good. The simplest thing, if, and if you don't get it done that day, just think, okay, Sunday morning, I'm going to go out for a walk. Sunday morning, you know, just go out. Just go for a walk. Do it, especially if it's enjoyable as well, because you don't yeah. need to kind of punish yourself for going out, but if you love going for a walk, then go, go for a walk. Yeah, it's just creating that balance, 100%. Um, let me see if I, oh, I can't remember the, the exact wording of it. I don't want to press too many buttons, or as you hear too many clickings. But there was something along the lines of like between walking and running, there is minimal difference, only the time it takes as far as calories burn and the effect on your body, basically. So you, you run for 20 minutes or walk the same distance, you're still going to achieve a very similar goal. It's just going to take you longer to do it because walking takes longer. But if you hate running, then you're never going to stick to running because you don't like it. If you like walking, then if you don't like walking, you prefer to run, then run. Yeah. Finding stuff that's fun for you. Yeah. Well, I, I find with the walk, it's, it's great um, thinking time. Most of my best ideas, well, I say best, most of my ideas come up when I'm walking. Um, listening to podcasts, you know, listening to something that's going to be fun like this, Obviously. maybe edu- educate you a little bit, like this, you know, like this. Um, I find that really useful, Cause it, and, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're stuck at home, getting out is just a positive thing to do. Yeah, well, that is a great way to um, stop that there. Um, just quickly, I want to try and do uh, for yourself, if there's anything you want to talk about, your business, going back into it, um, little plug for yourself, whatever you want to do, little shout outs, floor is yours you you take over and you go well yeah obviously looking forward to the gym's reopening and being manager of the gym um can't wait for that to happen um but yeah also personal training wise i am kind of being a bit more active with this and uh, the gym kind of has taken over quite a bit with <laughs> opening and closing for the last six months yeah, so imagine, huh? yeah just a bit so yeah there is um i'm looking to take on one or two kind of selected clients, um, which is going to be good fun. Um, <clears throat> going to be setting up a few things in Great Bentley, so maybe a boot camp type thing when when the weather gets better. I'm, I'm not giving the cold or the wet, so. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, some exciting things. Um, but, yeah, I think primarily it's really looking forward to and excited for gyms to reopen. Is um, there any boot camps in Bentley? Not as far as I have seen. I mean, so, Bentley boot camps, right? Yeah, going to uh, just write that down now. Della's De- 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 Bentley boot camps. Yeah, that's, that's one. But yeah, no, I and mean, there's loads of space. Bentley is a massive green. Yeah. So um, yeah, loads of space to do it. Um, so that would be exciting. But um, yeah, first let's get the gyms open, I think, and then yeah. uh, then pushing forward with the PT business. Push it forward. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks very much for joining in. Um, we'll meet again I'm sure other than for a computer screen yeah um, but for now thank you very much and until the next podcast which will be sometime soon ish I don't know um, we'll see you all soon thank you very much for listening and thank you <laughs>